Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today, we will be revisiting some of the conversations that we had in the fall of 2023. We start by speaking with Thierry Cajanut. He is the producer of the film Mother Teresa and Me, a film that tells the story of Mother Teresa through the fictional experience of a young modern-day British musician of Indian descent whose boyfriend dumps her after he finds out that she's pregnant. After that, we will reconnect with singer-songwriter Amanda Vernon, who's back in ministry after taking some time off. She will tell us about her struggles with an eating disorder. In our second half hour, we will be hearing from Patrice Tuhi, who is the publisher of a great religious vocations resource, the Annual Vision Vocation Guide. She will tell us about another great and new resource from the National Religious Vocations Conference. And we end the show by reconnecting with singer-songwriter Lorraine Hess, who has a new album, Veritas, dedicated to truth. And of course, we'll also listen to some great music. Remember that you can listen to all our programs at slmedia.org slash podcast and to comment on what you hear or to ask any questions, look for me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook, Instagram, or X. You can also email me, pedro at slmedia.org. We begin now with Mother Teresa and Me, but let me note before you listen to this interview that after it first aired, we heard from Father Kolodechuk, who is the postulator for Mother Teresa. And he expressed concern about how Mother Teresa is portrayed in the film. You can visit our website, slmedia.org slash podcast, to read Father Kolodzicic's letter. Quite often, when faced with our own troubles, we tend to retreat into ourselves. Yet, that is not usually the best way to healing. That's what Kavita a young English woman who has been abandoned by her boyfriend after he finds out that she's pregnant, finds out when she travels back to Calcutta, the place of her birth. Through discovering the story of Mother Teresa and the work of the missionaries of charity, Kavita rediscovers hope and purpose. That is a very basic synopsis of the new film Mother Teresa and Me, in which we discover the saint through the eyes of a young modern-day woman. It is a story of perseverance and compassionate love, that shows us a Mother Teresa that many of us did not know. And so, to tell us more, I am now joined by executive producer Terry Kajanut from his home in Switzerland. Terry, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to have you on the program. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. Thanks for having me. Very, very so, happy to be here. So there are there are already a few films made about Mother Teresa, a very beautiful documentary that came out last year. Why did you want to make another one? Well, it's not that we, uh, first we want to tell to show um, Mother Teresa also as a, not just as the superhero, you know, that uh, we can hardly relate to because she's so amazing that uh, we just we're just in awe. But we wanted also to show, you know, the, the woman, uh, mm. the human being behind the, the saint. You know, she goes through different states of um uh, of emotions, you know, uh, some time it's anger, it's uh, it's uh, desperation, it's uh, sadness, yeah, it's uh, resignation at some and uh, some moments. But she never gives up, and that's what makes her 
uh, a great inspiration. She never gives up. She gets up every morning. She inspires the sisters. She goes meet Jesus in the poor. Um, and always longing for Christ and for him to come back, you know, and to speak to her again. And and she's relentless, you know, mm-hmm. and she she never gives up. And although she's suffering and and you know we all have crises and tough times and it's a great you know saints are somebody that's given to the people to to follow you know to mm-hmm. to emulate and As before models. it was kind of uh, what's the you know who, how we, can we follow mother teresa she's just a superhero and now she's a a, a frail also human being we discover mm-hmm. frailty and and you say, well, she never gave up, but well, that's going to inspire me to get up this morning and to fight whatever fight I have to fight, whether Absolutely. it's in the yes. world, on the job, in my spiritual life. Um, yeah, it's definitely a, a side of Mother Teresa that I think most people had did not know of or had not even thought about. Now, is that the same reason why you chose to to tell two stories that it's not just about Mother Teresa, but there's a modern day young woman. And it's also the story of Kavita. Why did you want to- Yeah, there's the Kavita, there's the Mother Teresa and me, the me character. Um, We thought, you know, if you're 30 years old today, you don't recall Mother Teresa. That's how fast life goes. Um, Mm -hmm. And how do you relate to to her? And we thought, you know, and also from, from a storytelling point of view, she, the drama in Mother Teresa's life is uh, in her spiritual life, which we don't see. Mm-hmm. And the rest is episodic. So in terms of an arc, when you tell a story, it's very uh, complex. I see. Uh, or ch- very, very challenging. So we thought, you know, if we have a second story, we can come in and out in her story. I understand um, yeah. And also, this this character of Kavita allows us to, you know, to create a person that a young audience today can relate to. And and Kavita, this young woman who's pregnant, uh, who whose boyfriend leaves her, and she finds herself in desperation, just as her parents want her to marry in the right cast. Mm-hmm. She. Um, we and then she goes and discovers Mother Teresa by going to Calcutta and she discovers the writing. She discovers, oh, but Teresa was abandoned as well. So she f- feels a kinship to her. And then she starts working in the house of the dying mm-hmm. uh, and goes to the orphanage. And and she starts to relate, you know, and to take care of other people. And and that helps it helps her in her problem and mm-hmm. uh, her crisis. And through the eyes of, the, of this young woman, you know, which is you know, is, is there vicariously for, for the audience, you know, you discover Mother Teresa. So she leads us to Mother Teresa. In, yeah. And we see the effect that she has today on, on this young woman, you know. Of course. And, uh, of uh, course. and so that's not just, Mother Teresa is not just a historical figure, but she's also uh, has an effect on today's, you know, on, on our lives today or can have. Right. If, if we take her as an example. Yeah, it also makes the story a very pro-life story in a way that I think people don't think of Mother Teresa's story being a pro-life story. That was obviously a conscious choice as well. Well, uh, I wouldn't say so, <laughs> because obviously the abortion issue is okay. uh, is, uh, is very front and center in this film. It is. Uh, um, but we wanted to... 
um, to be to present all the arguments, you know. Mm-hmm. And you see the mother who pushes mm-hmm. her, get, you need to get an abortion. And uh, then you have a young doctor who tells her why she shouldn't, and why, mm-hmm. why it's bad. And, um, but we, want, we didn't want to say, you know, to be uh, a film that has a message, you know, you have to do this or have to right. do that, you know, because we're trying obviously to speak to young women, to people to, who might be confused. But we respectfully, so they they feel they have they are, they can still make a choice, you know. Oh, and we are not I preaching see. to them. You have to do that. It's the only thing, that's the only right thing to do. And if you don't do that, you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. You know that that was not the dialogue that we wanted to have. We wanted to present the story and that get them to think on their own and and get hopefully to the right conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. That 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 makes sense. Um... What would you say are your hopes? Obviously, you want people to watch the film and you want the film to touch them. <laughs> but what are, what are your hopes for the film? What what do you hope that the film will accomplish? Well, our our initial, you know, really our, our motivation for this film was to touch people in their hearts and in a way that they are inspired to do small acts of kindness wherever they are. Mm-hmm. And that these small kinds of uh, acts of kindness are little drops of compassion all over the world, and that cre- that contributes to create a better world. Because if we all start, you know, person by person, at uh, mm-hmm. Mother Teresa would say, we don't have to do big things. Uh, she said, you know, the small yes. things in the eyes of God are great. So, yes. you know, you have no excuse to not smile at somebody or not help somebody cross the street or carry their the groceries whatever it is that presents yourself on a daily basis and that makes a better world mm-hmm. that's our first and foremost ambition and because we, i think we, the, the this world today needs more of the spirit of mother Teresa mm-hmm. everywhere yes. and then all the when you go see the movie and you pay with your ticket price the revenue of that goes to the poorest of the poor in the spirit of Mother Teresa. It goes to a foundation. Nobody get, makes gets to make money and get rich. So it goes to the poorest of the poor. So it, it creates a virt, virtuous circle. Okay, that's wonderful. That's good to know that the funds are going to support the people that Mother Teresa worked with. And that's that's very important. And I'm also inspired by but you're the first filmmaker that I speak to that says that he hopes that the film will inspire people <laughs> to to small acts of kindness. That's a wonderful uh, ambition. And and Terry, I think that the film actually does that. Terry, thank you so much for for making the film and for for inspiring us a little bit, not just through the film, but also through our conversation today. Well, thank you so much, Deacon Pedro. It was a pleasure and honor to be with you today. Yes, thank you. God bless. That was a conversation I had with Terry Kajanut, the executive producer of Mother Teresa and Me. To find out more, you can go to mother-teresa-and-me.film or just go to our website. I'll post all the details at slmedia.org podcast. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Amanda Vernon, with her single in collaboration with Estación Cero from Colombia, Hola Jesús. Hola Jesús Aquí estoy otra vez para decirte que contigo todo va mejor Aquí estoy otra vez para contarte que cuando te abrí mi corazón Toda mi vida cambió Tú pintaste el cielo con 
Amanda Vernon with Hola Jesus, a song she collaborated with the Colombian group Estación Cero. We last spoke with Amanda Vernon in December 2018. She had just released a Christmas album, Secretos Navideños, and had a book, When God Wrecks Your Romance. Since then, Amanda has been on a bit of a sabbatical, but now she has more music that she has shared with us, including this track that we just listened to, Hola Jesus, that she collaborated with Estación Cero from Colombia, and so we thought it would be a good time to catch up. Earlier this week, I spoke with Amanda Vernon. Amanda, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hi. Hour. It's so good to see you. Hi. So Thanks for having me I back. Know, it's been a long time. Oh, it's like a lifetime has passed. It, here it, we it, are. It, well, here we are. And I know <laughs> it's like a lifetime, but COVID obviously made it worse. And I hate to still be talking about COVID, but it was it was a huge I mean, especially for artists, it was a it, oh, it was a big it was a big thing. Um, so, and I know yeah. that you, I don't know if the sabbatical that you took off was related to that. I know that the last time we spoke, we were talking about some, some difficulties that you were having with postpartum depression. Yeah. And so I tell us, tell us about those this, years. You know, since I was on the show last time, I've been through so much healing and I'm just coming back from taking a full year off. Mm-hmm. And now for context for your listeners, music is the way that my husband and I support our family like full time, 100%. So there's, yeah. we didn't have some extra yeah, jobs that we're doing on the side. And so when we, so not only, I think, you know, God really used in our life, used that time of the pandemic to show us that, you know, like everything could shut down and he still takes care of us. Mm. And so then this year, when, when we are back to playing live music and back into my career, but I really got the sense that the Lord is asking me to step back. I think it was easier for me to say yes, like right away, because it, God in his mercy already showed us like we can do it. <laughs> He's going to provide in his miraculous way. And so I took this last year off um, for my health. I know in the past I told you about recovering from this postpartum depression. And I realized about a year ago, um, I finally met with a nutritionist because I was still having like ongoing health difficulties. And she asked me a question that changed my life. Deacon Pedro, she she said, uh, when's the last time you ate a meal and were satisfied? And I said, without even thinking about it, I mean, like I just knew exactly. I said, Thanksgiving two years ago. Oh my gosh. And I like heard, I like heard myself saying this and she said, talk to me about some food you like. And I just said, I don't like any food. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh wait, 
that's probably that's probably not good. <laughs> and oh, I'm just so grateful. Like I just I realized this entire pattern that I've had for years, a decade, probably more, of not eating enough consists every day, just under eating really? and over exercising. Um, I talked to someone in the music industry. She said, it's kind of like your brain was on ecstasy, you know, the drug. And I'm like, no, no, I don't do drugs. She's like, yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so oh, I'm so glad that the Lord shown, allowed us to find yeah. this answer because all of those health problems that I've been having for so many, including the postpartum depression, I think really were, that was at the core of it, right. not nourishing myself. <sighs> so I learned wow. to enjoy food for the first time. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that simple things can be just solved with good, good food and, and yeah. that, that God Take is a God who feeds us literally? Oh, I'm so happy to hear this, Amanda. Uh. I hope that our listeners are too. So, but okay. So, but you came, so you discovered this after COVID. Yeah, after like we had already made it through COVID as a family. Wow. In fact, I kept we talked about new music, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, you said like what well, you know, to send you some new songs. Well, my husband and I during COVID, we released a new song every Sunday for a full year. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Every Sunday. First and foremost to our patrons who were financially supporting the effort, and then put it on Spotify and shared it on Instagram. And like the song we just listened to, I Got Shoes, you know, that's one of the pieces yeah. I, I put together during the pandemic. Um, so we kept going with music. Um, so it wasn't until this this last year that I stepped back just of my own accord to relearn, to relearn how to nourish myself, mm -hmm. to trust my body, to trust the environments that I'm in, that God, like God... I felt like God was really challenging me. Yes, I trust him, but can I also trust his creation? Like trust that his creation is good. Yeah. His like, design. No, no, it's yeah. you and me, God, yeah. you and me, just yeah. us. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Broaden your horizons. <laughs> yeah. I so want to ask you like, what's your favorite thing to eat now? <laughs> <laughs> now I have a whole list. Oh, now I have a that's whole so list. good. That's and so good. Like, I, I, I can tell you, I had this one experience of going to a restaurant with my husband and one of our best friends around Christmas last year, and I loved it, and I wanted to stay. And I was mm. like, hey, let's maybe get dessert because it's great to be here. Yeah. And they just looked at me like, who are you? And I'm like, I get why there's a whole restaurant industry. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. So let me ask you about the uh, about uh, just the releasing, because that just yeah. blows my mind. A new song every week for a year or a two year. years of a year. Yeah, did you year. find that hard or did you find that COVID actually helped oh, your creative it, process? I mean, the, the creative process songs were flowing out of me mm. and I, I, I recognize that as a particular charism, you know, we talk about gifts mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. spirit. Yep. And this one time I took this charism inventory through this Siena Institute, I think it is. Okay. And they, and it, one of my charisms, like it's like faith in music, but also writing yeah. um, as like a particular way that the, that I can speak to mm -hmm. the people of God through the Holy Spirit. And mm -hmm. so it's like making space for that gift to flourish. It just every week there was something on my heart mm -hmm. to share, to, yeah. to write. 
Okay, that's wonderful. So then if people wanted to listen to the, is that on your YouTube channel or where can they go? Um, Spotify is probably the best Spotify to okay. find everything compiled. If they just search Amanda Vernon, Spotify, Spotify. then all of those singles right. will so show up. So they're audio, they're audio recording. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's good to know. So Amanda Vernon and, uh, and we'll leave the website as well at the end of the program, but uh, it's easy to find you on Spotify. So you've been obviously writing music. The collaboration with Estación Cero, I want to ask you about that because they're such a good group. Of people might not know about them, but in Latin America, they're really big. Yeah, um, they're huge. From Colombia. So how did that come about? Well, I was a fan of theirs for a long time oh, since yeah? I was in high school. We really? used to sell CDs a lot. Estación Cero would sell their CDs and I would sell mine like at the same time, but in different countries. But it would show up on this website where they were counting like the Catholic music sales. <laughs> so sometimes they'd be at the top and sometimes I would be at oh, the top as a on. teen. Yeah. And so I'm like, who are these guys? I started listening to them and just love their yeah, music. Yeah, so good. And so then I, I reached out over the past, probably the past five years since yeah. I've been on this program and we became friends and recorded this song in LA and then a music video in New York. And it's been, it's been yeah, so fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. The music video is really fun. We're going to, I know I'm going to put it on our website so people can, can, can watch it, but I know that you, they can probably also find it on your website or on Estacion Cero's website and also on YouTube. Just search Hola Jesus. Um, yeah. It's such a fun hey, video. Jesus. Yeah. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> um, um, so are you, I mean, you're, are you still on that creative flow where you're writing new music, new singles, not every week, maybe? So yeah, not, I paused the new song every Sunday after a year. I was like, okay, I think we've shown that we can do this here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and now a lot of my work is directed toward helping other artists i'm moving okay. into this mentorship role where i'm still oh, playing lovely. my own concerts and writing my own music and i get to help out up-and-coming artists and give them a platform and a voice and that's that's deeply yeah. rewarding for me that's that's a whole other ministry right there mm -hmm. um and i'm sure a lot of young artists uh, can benefit and look forward to that uh, so anything new? Are you performing or concerts, uh, going to parishes? Yeah, so, yeah. Yep. So I have parishes and this it's specifically through my connection now with the Hallo app. I'm sure okay. you're familiar. In fact, I think you uh, were one of the first to feature them to help them get their start. I would Is like that right? to think that, that, that it was right? all because of the Catholic. Yes. Yes. The salt and light hour here <laughs> that we, we did, we did feature them. Uh, yeah. Way back when they were just starting. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. now this app is huge. I want to say it's 11 million downloads, That's a crazy. huge percentage. I think a huge, I think it's like 30% of the listeners are not Catholic. So people yeah, are crazy. finding these Catholic prayers and resonating with that type of meditation that we've yeah. known yeah. for, you know, yeah. thousands of years. Yeah. And so um, I'm working with Halo to help them launch their live events now. So instead of only praying, you know, individually on the app, we can gather together in person, pray together. Oh, okay. I and think so... that people are hearing that for the first time that Hallow's going to be doing live events. I <laughs> yeah, love see, I'm that. You, here first. This is where it starts. This is where it starts. It all <laughs> starts <and> in the <laughs> salt and light hour right here. Okay. So that's that's something to look forward to. And then people can know that it's Amanda Vernon who's behind all of that. Um, let me know <laughs> if you need <laughs> let me know if you need to be involved in a live event. Um, that'd be we so might, much fun. You know? Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> because you know if it, if it goes, you asked um, earlier, we were talking off air about like, well, well, what's next after this year? I'm working yeah. with Hallow for this year. Well, if it goes really well with Hallow, then I, I, I'm just speaking for myself personally. I foresee that they would want to do a lot more events and maybe 
compare artists and speakers yeah, up. That would be lovely. And so, yeah. Yeah. oh, there's so much we could exciting. do anyway. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think Halo uh, needs help, but because they're, they're doing really well, but, but this is always happy to help in any way. Amanda, it's been so good to chat with you today and reconnect. I'm so glad you reached out. I'm so glad that there's so much music and thank you for sharing those three songs with us today. Um, and I hope to hear more from you soon. All right. Sounds great. God bless. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. You can learn more about Amanda Vernon's music and how to bring her to your event at amandavernon.com. Also come to our website, esselmedia.org podcast, so you can watch the awesome music video for Hola Jesus by Amanda Vernon and Estación Cero. That's slmedia.org podcast. And if you missed part of the interview, head on over to esselmedia.org podcast because all our programs are archived there. Here now to take us out is Amanda Vernon with her new single, My Life Was Calmer Without You. When we first met, you wore that red sun visor. Somehow you made me rethink everything. You never stopped making me wiser, challenging my views, cause it's always like you knew. listening to Amanda Vernon with her new single, My Life Was Calmer Without You. This is a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour featuring our favorite conversations from the fall of 2023. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and X. And check out our website at slmedia.org. Your life will be less upstanding. Your life will be less frustrating, less irritating without me. Your life will be less confusing. Your life will be so much less moving. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. The National Religious Vocation Conference exists to support religious communities with education, resources, professional development, and networking opportunities to support vocation ministry and promotes vocation awareness, invitation, and discernment to anyone who feels called to a life as a religious sister, brother, or priest in 28 countries. Among their many resources is Bold and Faithful, an interactive story map that showcases today's Catholic sisters, nuns, brothers, and priests. Last week, November 5th to the 11th, was Vocation Awareness Week, and so to tell us more, I am now joined by Patrice Tuhi, publisher at TrueQuest Communications, which produces another great resource, the NRVC Annual Vision Vocation Guide. 
Patrice, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me, Deacon Pedro. So quick question then, in your words, NRVC, the Nash, because I always get confused because I think it's a conference, but it's not a conference, like a convention. But what is the National Religious Vocation Conference? So it is a membership organization uh, for professional development among and networking among religious vocation directors and okay. who are doing vocation ministry. Okay, so so every religious community or religious congregation has a vocations director or someone in charge of vocations, and so they're the members. So you're yeah. the NRVC. One would hope that every. <laughs> <laughs> so there, well, you do have. I, I was going to say, I don't know. It's probably about a thousand members or more, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So you you exist, or the NRVC exists to support them in their vocation work, and then also, and I think, I'm going to say, can I say that maybe even more importantly, to also help people who are discerning a call to the religious life, they can go to the NRVC and get resources and find out more? Well, yes, absolutely. Primarily what, what the NRVC does is create resources that then the vocation directors can use in their ministry. So for okay. example, we would lead people to the NRVC website, nrvc.net, more if you were doing vocation ministry. For actual discerners, we would lead them directly to vocationnetwork.org, which, okay. is, which is the NRVC's resource for discerners. For discernment. Okay, okay, I see. And in Canada, I think it's vocations.ca is where people can go and they can find out information about all the religious communities and, and their charisms and all that. Correct. Yes. Correct. Um, so tell us about the story map. How does it work? Um, and what's the purpose? So the story map came out of, uh, we we had done, the NRVC had done uh, a study in 2020 on today, on contemporary religious life, who's entering, that kind of thing. And the GHR Foundation is the one who gave us the grant money. Mm -hmm. And that foundation, they really encouraged two things. One, collaboration among all these different Catholic groups. And two, they don't want studies to sit on a shelf. So right. with that with th that in mind, we work to build the story map, which really is meant to gather all sorts of high quality resources, multimedia resources, and um, become a clearinghouse and a showcase for those uh, for, for podcasts, for videos, for uh, we have an interactive events calendar. We have um, you know a, a map for religious institutes, where to find them in your area, that kind of thing. And we will continue to build on it. But we started with uh, three collaborators. So the NRVC and Vision, of course, yeah. and then A Nun's Life, which they do podcast. Uh, po oh, yeah. They're podcasters, right? And then uh, the National, uh, well, now it's just Catholic Sisters Week. They produced um, a series of um, catechetical materials for uh, to talk about religious life. And the same with then Global Sisters Report, which also had Global Sisters in the Classroom and so they provided uh, some resources, same thing, for more for lesson planning. So our idea was with the story map, it's bold and faithful, meet today's religious. So uh -huh. one 
we we want to start out, we have a series of videos of young new entrants to religious life. So one, you're meeting them via video. Then we have uh, some podcast features. Uh, then after that, we have the interactive map, uh, the events calendar. So basically, it's like, here are some people. Now you've gotten to uh, understand who religious are today. Now, how about, why don't you go to attend an event? And so uh, the events calendar is very popular. It's actually hosted on the Vision website, but it's also then okay. featured on the story map. And that really, the main thing there, what we know is people meet need to meet people that that's where you're going to get vocations people meet deacon pedro and that makes all the difference in yeah. terms of them understanding what it means to be a deacon what it means to choose a, a church vocation that kind of thing so we really encourage people go hear somebody talk here okay go to a lecture go to a service project or do even a discernment weekend and that so that's the events calendar within the the, the story map yeah, I, I, I see that. And I know that that's probably the biggest challenge with vocations is that it relies on that personal contact. So so you can you're walking along with someone, you can't be, you know, worried about 100 other people in terms of casting the net wide. Um, so so if people go to the map, they can they can look at the map. But I, I know the videos are a huge part of it in terms of meeting that person that religious sister or that brother or priest. Correct, um, yes. So quickly, can you, can you tell us a little bit about, cause you also have the studies and the map, the map shows not every single community in, in, in North America, but a lot of them are there. What do we know in terms of the, what is the big picture of the, of religious vocations in North America in terms of young people, I guess, discerning vocations or, or anything else that we might know? Yes. Well, um, first of all, there there are there's hundreds of religious communities, one to fit anybody, yeah. <laughs> basically. So, you know, whether you want to live a contemplative life, missionary, apostolic work, meaning being out doing social service, education, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, monastic. Uh, yep. So, and we know that since the turn, so there was a decline, obviously, I think everybody's heard that narrative a million times that mm -hmm. since the 60s, there's been a decline in religious life, but actually, it stayed, it, it uh, leveled off in mm -hmm. the at the turn of this century in the 2000s. So now we have a consistent uh new entrance to religious life and to actually anti-diocesan vocations too. So the, that's the good news. People are definitely still interested in religious life. Yeah. Young people, they uh, we get about 25,000, um, well, I should say, we get 5,000 annually new inquiries to religious life on, on Vision website. Wow. So people who fill out profiles want to know more. And the majority of them, in fact, 60 plus percent are under 30. And so it's great. And, mm. and so I always say, at least in kind of North America, Canada, US, we have about 25,000 people discerning at any time. And I know that because that's how many stay subscribed to our newsletter. And mm. then, you know, they sign up for it and then they fall off once they Right choice, you know, whatever it might be. So, um, so I, I that's very encouraging to me. I always feel like the the spirit is 
is yes. and and still calling god still calls people to religious life and uh and that's and that's basically what the study showed too and there it's it's a diverse population who's interested in religious life i mean ethnically diverse geographically mm. diverse so that's um that's also kind of very reflective of our of our national population so yeah, so it's all good news. At least that's wonderful. In, yeah, in my world, we consider it a very positive. That's wonderful. Yeah, great hope. And 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 maybe someone listening to this program right now is going to be one of those twenty five thousand for next year. I, I certainly hope so. You know, we always say we just came off, as you mentioned, uh, we just came off of National Vocation Awareness Week, mm -hmm. and that is in the U.S. That's meant to uh, encourage parishes to talk about vocations and mm -hmm. to invite people to consider a vocation. And again, we that's why we want to make sure they have the resources they need. But more than that, I, I always feel like whenever you talk about vocations, what we're really trying to do is help people discern their life choice that's going to give them the most joy. I mean, that's what vocation is all about. It's mm -hmm. about answering a call that you that is going to bring you the most joy. It's going to give greater glory to God, of course, yes. but it's also going to give you joy. And I I feel like people don't take the time to really think about that. To They just sort of, I mean, it's just our, our culture pushes them into the direction to where, you know, where are you going to go to college? And what are you going to, what yeah. job are you going to find? And, you know, how are you going to afford to live? And, and there's so much no one ever says, sit back and say, what's really going to make me happy in, yes. in the truest sense of that word. So yeah. that's what we we hope with National Vocation Awareness Week and in all the resources that we provide for discernment. Yeah. And yeah, of course, because God wants everyone to be happy mm. and, and to be holy, but holiness is happiness. Absolutely. Um, thank you for that, uh, Patrice. Uh, and, and thank you for all the work that you're doing helping uh, promote and support vocations and uh and for the map i i hope to that every time i go i can see more and more videos and more and more uh uh dots on the map there as as it grows so this is a great resource for people so thank you so much for telling us all about it today my pleasure thank you for having me patrice tuhi she's the publisher at true quest communications um, and you can learn everything you need to know about religious vocations at the website nrvc.net here now is lorraine hess with the name of jesus from her new album veritas Sin is helpless at the name 
That was Lorraine Hess with The Name of Jesus from her new album, Veritas. We first met Lorraine Hess in 2015 after she released her third album, Glorify Him. Since then, she's published three more, including her latest, which we've been listening to, Veritas, a project that she hopes will draw people closer to truth. It is a powerful collection of seven songs that is guaranteed to move you into deeper prayer and inspire you to joyful worship. To find out more, earlier this week, I spoke with Lorraine Hess. Lorraine, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. And I love this album. It's, um, but anyway, I want you to tell me about it first before I tell you what I think. Um, what inspired this album? So this is the first full project I've done since 2019. I mean, I've done a mass editing, I've done a yep. music video, but this was, you know, it's kind of a hard decision to make a new full project because of the expense of it and mm -hmm. the change digital from actual CDs and how do you budget for that? Yeah. And you're going to buy what? And But anyway, I just really discerned it for a while and I had been writing a lot of music over the, over the years during this time. And um, as I was discerning, it was interesting. People were asking me, when is the next project? Are you recording anything new? And so I just sensed that the Lord was kind of pulling me in that direction. And I had led a pilgrimage to Italy earlier in the year and able to save a little bit of money. Yeah. from. Them. And that was kind of my starting point saying, okay, if I don't even spend this money, I could put it right toward the project. And then I started my budget from there. Um, and then I just picked which songs I thought would be good for this album and went from there. So you had, so you had all the songs written already. Correct. And okay. So do you, so you didn't set out necessarily to write an album, but rather you felt called to, to curate, if I can use that word, compile sure. songs that you already had. And it all fits so nicely into this theme. Yeah, you know, I um I've written way more than seven. There are seven songs on this EP, yeah. and way more than seven songs I've written since yes. 2019. And so when it came time to deciding which of the little creations would make this project, it was very hard to decide. But I went back to a lot of the music that I've written over the years and what's got the most streams, what was requested most often, what are the things mm -hmm. that are hitting people right now. Um and I, I use that as kind of my uh, compass is mm -hmm. what, because people need to be fed right now. And what are they looking for right now in light of what's happened since 2019? Mm -hmm. 
And so that's kind of how I discerned which seven songs would make it to the album. And, you know, normally I write music for the liturgy and there is a lot of music on this album that can be used for the liturgy, but I didn't let that dictate every song that had to to be on this because some people just want to listen or some people just can't find the words to pray and they need a little push. And so these are words to pray um, in many respects. But the theme of it was veritas, which means truth, which is so hard to find truth today in the news and media. But the truth is so important. And the truth is, has everything for us, Jesus, the, the truth. So I wanted everything to kind of be centered around things that we should be really holding strong and be courageous about speaking up about. So the the the, the idea of truth come after, or as you were prayerfully, I guess, discerning which songs you would use, or or did you think first? I think that we need to do something about truth, and then you went went to look for songs that fit into that theme. So the the song Via Veritas Vita. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll hear a little later is a song I wrote in 2016. And I wrote it in memory of four women who were teachers at Dominican high school here in new Orleans. And they were pillars of truth and they all died within a, like within a year. And they had been at the school for decades. And so in 2016, I thought what a great way to memorialize these incredible women. Okay. Who, and so that I had written that song and WLP had picked it up and GIA had finished it. Yeah. And my biggest complaint, you know, when we're getting news and information and I'm looking at social media and some of these kids are just, you know, they're filtering everything. I'm like, we need truth so badly. And it's it's hard to find. Mm-hmm. And so as I was discerning, I'm like, this is going to be the center of this album, Truth. And so there's a song about Mary and the truth about Mary. And there's yeah. a song about the word of God and the truth about the word of God. Like everything we need is right there. Um and so that became kind of the center of this this particular project. Right. Yeah. And I, 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 uh, it's funny that you said that some of the songs can be used for liturgy. And of course, thinking about it, yeah. But for me, it's very much an album to not just to listen to, but to listen to to put me in the mood that's going to lead me to prayer, which is not something that I would think truth does, if that makes any sense. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like right. it's not like truth for me is about ideas and intellect, whereas it's so beautiful that you were able to take that. And of course there are words, but to take that and put it in a sense that it's also very beautiful. So there's truth, beauty, and goodness, right? That was, that is very beautiful, that it draws me to beauty in a way. I don't know how else to explain it, but I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that's a beautiful way to describe it. Um, so it, it works if I didn't do a very good job describing it. Um, would you say that for you as a songwriter, there is something different about this album? Absolutely. What you know, is it? I, uh, I, I took a few liberties with this album. The title song has a different vibe to it than mm-hmm. some of my previous projects. Um, kind of merges chant with um, contemporary instruments and um is a moment of a procession song and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a gospel piece in there, which, yes. I, you know, I, at first I, I wrote it and it was a ballad and it was pretty boring, but then I thought, okay, this is the name of the song is the name of Jesus. This has to have oomph to it. And it has to be powerful. And so yes. I wrote the entire song like two weeks before I left for Atlanta to go record it. And I just made it, I said, I'm going to do it the way I want to sing it. 
and it may never be sung during a liturgy. That's okay. I want people to sing it in their cars. I want them to sing when they're on the elliptical. Like I want them to just rejoice in the name of Jesus and all the name of Jesus can do for us. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So did you, did you have any of the song you had some of the songs written before? Did you have some of the songs recorded before? So we did a partial recording of By God Kept Pure, which is a Marian piece. The text is by Alan Homerding and GIA has published it. Um, okay. And we did a kind of a demo of it. And so okay. I took that and we reopened the file and we added background vocals, okay. we some different instruments to kind of fill it up a little bit. So that was the only one that had been partially recorded, but everything else we started from scratch. So basically, so there, there is, and that does give some unity to the album to know that everything was recorded kind of within the same, I'm not, not necessarily right. at the same time. I don't know if you did that, but it's certainly in the same, with the same idea. Mm-hmm. and the same producer and the same and producer here and they, they instrumentation know so well. yeah. yeah they had done a, several of my projects in the past and so um ed caruza was the um, engineer and ed bulldock was yeah, okay sir and they just know me so well they knew what yes. microphone what instruments and Super. It very yeah. quickly and you've done collaborations in the past also songwriting were these all yours or did you collaborate with anybody on any of those writing so the um there's a song called Like You, and I co-wrote that with Craig Colson, okay. who's a dear friend of mine, and he recorded his part in um, Chicago area, and um, they mixed it in Atlanta. But we wrote it. We went, kind of went back and forth on the song, and um, so I asked him if he would sing on it, which was really nice, nice treat to not only co-write it with me, but to also sing it with me. So that's a co-write, and like I said, Alan Hammerding wrote the text of By God Kept Pure, which is a Marian piece. Yeah but everything else is mine. Yeah, it's wonderful. And and uh, yeah, I I am very excited about this. I, you have so many other songs that you've written. Does this mean that there's going to be like an album next year? I mean, you've been writing a lot in the last <laughs> Definitely couple Definitely not next year. I've got to financially recover from this one. <laughs> it's so expensive and it's hard to yeah. budget because you just don't know yeah. how many people going to buy physical cds and how many are going to download it and what you get downloads is very different yeah but god will provide and um i'm not concerned about that but no i don't think i'll do another project next year but there may be a single i'll drop here and there which is a little more affordable way of uh, releasing music yeah that's what a lot of people are doing nowadays is they do the single thing so i was i was also impressed and by the fact that you chose to do a full album um Mm -hmm. so good for you Thank you. It's it's, it's su- such a good album. I I I'm I'm very excited about this album, and thank you so much for sharing, sharing sharing it with us. I appreciate um, that. Um, yeah, I can't encourage people I, more. I don't know what else I can say to encourage people to <laughs> to, to support you to purchase oh. the album, and then yeah, um, to sing in the car, to sing at home, to right. to inspire you to your prayer, to listen to it's. Uh, um, uh, thank you. Thank you, Lorraine. I appreciate that. For this. And, wanna, can I mention and, one thing? Yes. There's, um, there's one song on there called Build My Church. And I wrote it in Assisi while I was in oh. the little church inside the big basilica. And it's about what we're supposed to be doing as we yeah. build our church. And when the church runs into some troubles and we have to just keep loving and welcoming. And um, so that one is really special to me. And I'm hoping that makes a difference in people's lives. Um, as they say, well, what's my part in all of this? And that's just to be loving and welcoming people into our churches, even when we're going through difficult times. 
Yeah, and I think that that's kind of what's happening in the church right now with the synod in Rome and sure. and what Pope Francis uh, through the or the Holy Spirit through this papacy is leading us to um and to call us to truth. I think that that's so important nowadays as you said earlier as well. Mm-hmm. So again, thank you. You're welcome. Thank, thank you, thank you. you and uh and I look forward to staying in touch. Same here. God bless. You can learn more about Lorraine Hess and purchase her new album, Veritas, at her website, LorraineHess.com, and it's Hess, H-E-S-S, LorraineHess.com. If you missed any part of our conversation or you want to listen to it again, just head to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. Here now is Lorraine Hess with Via Veritas Vita from her new album, Veritas. listening to Lorraine Hess with Via Veritas Vita from her 2023 album Veritas. And that concludes this special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Learn all about Salt and Light Media, support what we do, and watch Salt and Light Television at our website, slmedia.org. You can also watch all our programs through your Roku and Amazon Fire apps. If you have any questions or comments, or just to say hello, send me an email, pedro at eselmedia.org. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been a very special edition of the Salt and Light Hour.